facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome to the program. I'm so glad that you're here with me for this hour. It's an hour of power, and you can call it with apologies to Robert Schuler. And you can call in right now, 888 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Talk to me for free. You can also email the program, kale at relevantradio.com, C-A-L-E at relevantradio.com, and follow me on Twitter at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E Clark with an E. Of course, it's the X app now. We are cracking open another great show and so many awesome things to share with you. I can't wait. I want to start with this. A lot, of you guys, a lot of you guys out there really struggle with scrupulosity. And this is this is something that I've always dealt with in my life as well, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that. Got to get over it. It's a glitch for sure. It's not that easy, though. It's not that easy. And I am later this evening, I am going to confession. So it's very timely that I'm talking about this right now. I'm going to be sharing with you guys the Ten Commandments for the scrupulous, for those who suffer with scrupulosity. Now, now, what exactly is this, by the way? What is scrupulosity? Well, it's the condition of not really trusting in the mercy and forgiveness of God. It, Jesus, I trust in you, right? This, is, this hurts God the most. This is what Jesus said, of course, to St. Faustina, wounds of distrust hurt me the most. So it's, it's, But it's not intentional, though, when people do this. It's not, it's not one more thing to feel scrupulous about. What, 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 what happens here is that people kind of think, I didn't do it right. Uh, maybe I didn't confess my sins. Maybe I missed one. Um, God's going to zap me for this. Maybe I didn't do the confession right. Maybe I really wasn't that contrite. It, all of these thoughts can get into people's minds. And it's kind of related to obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. And, uh, as my wife knows, she's probably laughing right now listening to this. I, I do tend to be a little bit OCD. Oh, who am I kidding? I'm a lot OCD. I'm a lot OCD. So some, sometimes, and this can, can cause some serious spiritual problems for people because when they, when they go to confession, they're, they're very often plagued by thoughts, I didn't do it right, I didn't do it properly, maybe I'm not really forgiven, I forgot to tell the priest something, I'm on the highway to perdition, you know, the road to perdition. That can be a really big cross for people to bear. And it's completely not necessary. That's, that's the good news here. So I'm going to be sharing with you the Ten Commandments for the Scrupulous. And by the way, this is actually a little guide that was written. And we'll put a link to this in the show notes, by the way, on, on the Fish Eaters website. They've got, they've got a copy of this. This guide on the Ten Commandments for the Scrupulous was actually written 30 years ago by a redemptorist priest named Father Don Miller. It's kind of interesting. There's a Protestant author named Don Miller who wrote a famous book called Blue Like Jazz. I haven't read it, but it sold a lot of copies. Anyway, so this is not him. This is Father Don Miller. And it's kind of been updated and, you know, brushed up a little bit, uh, augmented by another priest named Father Thomas Santa. And so uh, I hope that, that this will be very helpful to you if you've ever had these scrupulous thoughts or if you know somebody struggling with it. Give them a call right now. Tell them to tune in to the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, or you can send them the podcast afterwards on the Relevant Radio app. All right, so let's go through these 10 commandments for the scrupulous. And if you're not scrupulous, then 
Congratulations. That, that's awesome. Um, maybe all of us are a little bit, at least to some extent. So here, here's commandment number one. You shall not repeat a sin in confession when it has been confessed in a previous confession, even if there is a doubt that the sin ever was confessed or a doubt that it was confessed in a sufficiently adequate and complete way. Okay, th this is something that, that people can go back to time and time again, wanting to make all these general confessions from the past, even confessing things they previously confessed. Well, this is what Father Don Miller and Father Santa uh, say about this. Quote, almost every scrupulous person at some point in their life experiences anxiety and doubt about past sins. Older people naturally have a tendency to reflect back on their younger years. And when they do that, they often remember something that triggers a doubt. And more often than not, that has to do with impure thoughts they may have had in the past or impure desires or even actions. So as a result, and this is in the older person, remembering and doubting, that's, that's kind of a lethal combination. It's not unusual that the scrupulous person then experiences great anxiety and is robbed of their sense of peace. And that's why this first commandment is so very important. Do not go back over past sins and do not repeat the confession of them. Such an exercise is not at all helpful and must be resisted. Okay, so that's commandment number one, according to Father Don Miller, uh, with an assist from Father Thomas Santa. Okay, so point number two, commandment number two, the Ten Commandments for the Scrupulous. And by the way, if you have a, a take on this, if you agree, disagree, call in, 888-914-9149. My fellow scrupulateers, I just made that word up. Um, if this has happened to you, like it's happened to me, call in, share your story. All right, so let's let's look at commandment number two. You shall not. Con this is I've done this before. I, I'm I'm guilty as charged with this. You shall not confess doubtful sins in confession, but only sins that are clear and certain. So, Father Don Miller said that of all the letters that he used to get about this, the number one issue is this: What does a person do if they're not sure that they committed a sin? Should I confess this? Should I talk about this in the confessional? So he says, for this reason, it's really important to remember because it clearly states the truth. Remember this, doubtful sins don't count. Doubtful sins don't count. There is no need to confess something that does not clearly and certainly exist. In fact, it's harmful to yourself to confess that which is doubtful. Again, such a practice is not at all helpful and must be resisted. Okay, this is important because the three things that you need to be guilty of a sin are, number one, it actually has to be a sin. Uh, it actually has to be sinful matter. And for a mortal sin, it has to be grave matter, deadly matter, deadly sin. You have to know that it's a sin, okay? And number three, you have to be able to commit this sin with full freedom. If you're being coerced in any way, then that doesn't count. So it's got to be, actually be a sin. It's got to be sinful matter. You actually have to have full knowledge of this and you have to have full freedom. Yes, I am freely choosing to do this. So th that's what you need. So if, you, if you're doubtful, like, I don't know, I, I, I'm not sure whether or not this was sinful or not, then, then this guy, Father Don Miller says, don't 
don't confess to them because if you're not sure, then that's just going to add your scrupulosity. And there are a million things that you could potentially say might be sinful and you're just going to drive yourself crazy. You'll know for sure if it's, if it's, if it's meeting all these three criteria and those, those are the things that you should absolutely confess that you know they're sinful for sure. And then he says this, now I can almost hear some of you saying, I'm not sure if I doubt that I sinned or if I'm just trying to fool myself to believe that I am doubting that I sinned. Okay. This is way down the rabbit hole, folks. And, and, and we've all had thoughts like this sometimes. We can, the gears can be turning and whirling and it's overthinking. And he says, this thought in itself demonstrates that you are in fact doubting. If you're saying, I'm not sure if I'm really doubting that I sinned or if I'm just trying to fool myself into thinking this. Okay, the, the, just the fact that you're saying that means that you are, you are doubting. And so you shouldn't confess that sin because it's, you're not, you're not, you don't know that you did it. So um, that, that, that's, I think, an important uh, help there. And we do have to educate our conscience uh, and our and our brains as well about what sin really is. And this is where knowing the teaching of the church is really, really important. And doing a good examination of conscience, you can find tons of them on the internet that are that are really well done. And sometimes outside of confessional booths and parishes, they do have, of course, little pamphlets, handouts on that as well. And there might even be one on the relevant radio app. Uh, maybe producer uh, Jim or Patrick Alog, if you're listening, uh, who's taking your phone calls right now, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. If there's a, there may be an examination of conscience even on the relevant radio app. We'll look into that. So here's commandment number four for this. Oh, they okay. I just got word. Yes, it is in fact on the drop down menu on the relevant radio app. So that's another reason to download the 100% free, the number one free Catholic app in the world, the relevant radio app. There you go. Thank you, Producer Jim. So, number four, commandments, the Ten Commandments for the Scrupulous. You shall not worry about breaking your fast before receiving communion unless you actually put food and drink in your mouth and consume it, swallow it in the same way that a person does when eating a meal. So some people, the, the, the communion fast before uh, communion, which is an hour before receiving communion, of course, and sometimes it's tough to time that because you don't know exactly. What, depends how long the homily is, I guess you could say. <laughs> Pray for a long homily if you're, if you're kind of in that danger zone. Um, some people say, well, to avoid that, just just cut off, cut off all eating an hour before the Mass actually starts, just to be on the safe side. Yes, that, that's certainly a margin of safety there that you can uh, employ. But people have all kinds of, and and if there are any priests listening, you probably heard a lot of this stuff in the confessional. Uh, Father Miller mentions somebody confessing, well, I had lipstick on and, and I might have consumed some of it. Hey, lipstick is not food. Snowflakes are not food. Okay, if, if you're a kid, you know, you're, it's snowing, you're going into the confessional, eh, I got some snowflakes on my tongue. Oh, man, I just broke the fast. No, you didn't. So you can't break the fast unless you deliberately choose to eat in the same way. It has to actually be food that you would choose to eat a meal or a snack. So... There you go. What what happens if it's an accident? I'd say you're clear if it's an accident. Um, I accidentally, you know, took a swig of Diet Coke. Uh, oh my goodness, the, the 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 communion fast. I might have now. I would say that if it's, you know, some people would say you should still not go, uh, even if it's unintentional. So I, I'm not the authority on that. It's kind of a gray area there. But again, the the basic point here is that if you're really struggling with scrupulosity the worst thing you can do is kind of 
just look for more things to be scrupulous about. So at any rate, that's number four. Number five, commandment number five for the scrupulous. You shall not hesitate to look at any crucifix or at any statue in church or at home or anywhere else because you may get bad thoughts in your mind and imagination. If such thoughts occur, they carry no sin whatsoever. Okay, what on earth is this about? You shall not hesitate to look at a crucifix or any statue because you might get bad thoughts. I think this is what what this is about. A priest actually uh, told me once, and he's not breaking the confessional seal, not breaking the confessional seal at all. He didn't give any names or anything like that. He just said, like, some years ago, uh, he heard a confession of this guy, and th- this guy was, unfortunately, had, had some really bad struggles with, with pornography. He was pretty addicted. He confessed that in the confessional. And he said, I'm even afraid to look at statues of the Blessed Virgin Mary because there's, she's so beautiful, and, and you know, I might start thinking things, and, 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 I, and this is a terrible thing. This is a terrible thing because Our Lady can help us, of course, a lot with purity. And he mentions crucifixes as well. I guess there, there might be some ladies out there who, and sadly, we know this, and this was a shock to me when I, when I found this out, but it is actually true that uh, pornography use among women is through the roof, unfortunately. And it's especially prevalent on college campuses. I've heard uh, anecdotal evidence, um, students watching this stuff in, in classrooms, on their laptops, in full view of everyone, men and women. There's just no shame in this anymore. I don't know. I guess, I don't know. A a woman who's trying to get out of this might see a crucifix and maybe uh, the corpus on the crucifix is really, really cut, you know, like Schwarzenegger. (laughs) And in fact, it's funny. There was uh, in in a local parish in in my area, they were going to bring in a crucifix. I called it the Superman Jesus. It was from another church. I mean, it was, Jesus was like, you know, he'd been working out. I mean, this was unbelievable. It's a huge crucifix. And I, th- I think the people voted it down. They didn't like it uh, for whatever reason. They didn't let the priest bring it to their parish. And so they're stuck with the risen Jesus on the wall still that they have. And again, I understand they, they're trying to show the resurrection, but but it, I think it's really important to have crucifixes in Catholic parishes. I, I don't know what you think. Um, and sometimes non-Catholics will say to us, why do you have the crucifix? Don't you know that Jesus is risen from the dead? Maybe these risen Jesus statues on the wall are better. We know about the resurrection. We're the first to proclaim it, okay? But the reason why we have the crucifix there, and again, this this goes into this concept of scrupulosity, or, or because very often it's doubting God's love. It's doubting God's forgiveness, mercy, but also his love for us. And we see in the crucifix the greatest act of love that's ever been seen on the face of the earth. God gives his life for us. Love is an action verb. And this is the epitome of love. It's the total gift of self on which all other love should, should. I mean, this is a catechism on love, the crucifix. We can learn a lot just by meditating on it. But again, some people are maybe afraid to do that because of their scrupulosity. So here's what uh, Father Miller says about that particular scruple. Uh, he says, all right, if you're afraid to look at a statue or something because you might get bad thoughts, don't worry about that because... It it is a real burden for some people, but he says if you try to avoid this by not looking, by not looking at the the holy images, the problem is going to become worse. It's just going to feed on itself. You're you're going to be self-conscious about this, about not looking, and then it's just going to build and build, and it's going to snowball. The better thing to do, he says, is just to meet the problem head on. 
if you do, if you're trying to contemplate our Lord, our Lady, any of the saints, and any images, um, it's not sinful. If you if you get a bad thought while this is happening, it's not sinful. That's not what you're trying to do there. Just wipe it out of your brain. You have to you have to think. Sometimes sometimes we identify too much with our thoughts. We really do, and we have to think that. Just just picture the sky on a on a beautiful clear day, uh, sunny blue sky. But there are some clouds that, that float by. Those clouds are like our thoughts, and sometimes they can be dark thoughts, right? They be dark clouds, and we just gotta let those those clouds pass by. Let the wind carry them by. That you are not your thoughts. Just they're just like clouds. Just let them go. Let them go by. Don't focus on them. Just shh, let it go. Maybe that's a mental image that might help, but. This this is the essence of really what we've got to do here. And any, if any bad thought does crop up, it's not it's not sinful. Um, so just let it go, let it go. Keep 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 contemplating. That's for sure. All right. So that those are the first five of the ten commandment commandments for the scrupulous. I don't know what you guys think about this, but uh, call in. I'll give you the next five, the other tablet, if you will, of these commandments. Right after this break, you're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. Be right back. Explaining the faith so you can explain it to others. It's The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hey, welcome back to the program. Sometimes I think that the discussions we have off-air are, are like even more entertaining. Maybe we should have like a, um, I don't know, a special features section of the show. We were just talking about, do you guys remember Rush Limbaugh was on Monday Night Football for a while? What, what, were, what were they thinking? Dennis Miller, the comedian? These are strange times. Uh, we've moved on, though. And we're moving on with this show, 888 Nine one four nine, and uh, we were talking about uh, talking about things from the past that you'd rather forget. People who struggle with scrupulosity, they want to keep confessing sins that they've already confessed over and over again. That's just one of the things that happens to people who struggle with this. And by the way, yours truly uh, is fighting the constant battle against scrupulosity. I always kind of have, and I'll I'll tell you really what's at the root of that in just a couple minutes. But I know that a lot of you guys have as well, or maybe your friends, family members. 888-914-9149. We've been talking about the Ten Commandments for the scrupulous, things that can help us. And we did the first five. If you missed that, check the podcast after the show. We'll go through the next five in just a minute. But let's go to the phones right now. 888-914-9149. Let's go to Joe in Chi-Town in Chicago. Hey, Joe. Hey, how you doing, Clay? I'm doing uh, well. Doing well. How are you? Good, glad to hear. Um, I was just calling because I, I turned on your show and um, it was really, really hit me on a personal level because uh, mm. scrupulosity is something which I struggled with a lot. Yep. And a few years back, um, really, I was in a really dark place and uh, eventually I saw therapy, thank God. Uh-huh. Um, and I was diagnosed with uh, OCD. And um, yeah, I just was calling because uh, I just want to point out that... Um, these are, these are some really good uh, commandments, and particularly the last one you mentioned, the fifth one, um, very well-informed and actually reminded me a lot of one of the therapies which I'd gone through for uh, my uh, OCD, which is um, in OCD you can uh, become uh, 
you'll have the, these obsessions, um, mm-hmm. which will lead to compulsive, compulsive behaviors. And um, part of the therapy is, it, it, this is part, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. is where you yep. break this cycle of obsessions and compulsions. Um, mm-hmm. In the particular case uh, where you be my where one might become obsessed with uh, a fear of inducing a, a bad or impure thought by looking at a yeah. sacred statue, um, right. and so it becomes a compulsory behavior to look away. Um, and yeah. like the the priest said, it just feeds it; it makes it worse yeah. um, because it becomes a loop. Um, That's right. And so the particular the best the therapy the to my understanding, the best uh, treatment for this is exactly, it's called exposure therapy. It's where you expose yourself to the stimulus hmm. that causes the obsession and you resist the compulsion. Hmm. Um, and the, in this case would be, you would look almost exactly, yeah. exactly what this priest was describing. Look on a sacred statue yeah. um, and resist, do not look away. Um, that's a good point. And just face it head on. So it's interesting that I just thought that these commandments, it seems like they're very well informed by um, cognitive uh, behavioral therapy and modern, um, uh, the the most, uh, I, I suppose you could say, up-to-date uh, psycholo- uh, psychological treatments for this particular um, affliction. Yeah, Joe, Joe, that's a really interesting point. I'm glad you called in. I'm really glad you called in because... There are times when sometimes we need to turn to a professional, maybe in the medical field, for some things. It, it's it's almost like any other physical ailment. Yes, we should pray to the Lord for healing, but he also wants us to see the doctor, too. And, of course, Dr. Luke. Uh, Luke, the great physician, of course, wrote about a quarter of the New Testament. And he was, he was, he was always amazed at the medical miracles of Jesus. Like, how'd you put that guy's ear back on? Uh, Peter cuts off his ear and you just reattach it. Amazing. Uh, but But that's true when it comes to... The, the part of the body called the brain, which which also sometimes needs medical attention as well. And so, and yeah, like like I said off the top, it is very much connected to OCD. So, And it is interesting that this priest, as you said, wow, this, this is exactly uh, coherent with the kind of uh, training that I've received and the treatment that I've received. This guy knows what he's talking about. I think that that probably speaks to a couple things, and I, I don't know the background of this guy, Father Donald Miller, who wrote this guide like over thirty years ago. But some some priests out there are actually, and this is kind of an interesting combination. They are priest psychologists. They've studied psychology, and they're also priests. That's an interesting combination because they can really kind of unpack things in in a, in a unique way. But any priest who's heard confessions for years and years and years, they come across this a lot. There's really no new sins, right? You're not going to scandalize the priest. You're not going to shock the priest. So they, they hear this stuff so often that, that very often they do come up with very effective uh, advice and, and, and guidance on this because they, they've seen what works in people doing spiritual direction and things like that as well. So, uh, But there are maybe some priests that can't actually, um, you know, they, they'll, they'll forgive any sins that are really there. But in terms of the scrupulosity aspect, Maybe they're not so great at, at giving advice on that, and that's maybe where you need to to look to an expert um, who may be uh, – and the, the ideal would obviously be to find a Catholic psychologist or, or, or physician who specializes in this, um, who kind of is online with the church's teaching, as well as um, 
the body of knowledge, which 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 has to do with the brain part of the body, if you will. So, but Joe, hey man, I appreciate that call, man. God bless you. Thank you. Please call back anytime uh, if you're listening to the show. Glad to have you on board. Let's go to Mary in Indiana now. Let's go. To, hey, Mary, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. I love your show, Kale. I just wanted to call in with what I hope is a helpful comment because I'm trained in psychology and then I had a ah. big conversion back into the faith. So I have both layers and I wanted That's to give people a key. I'm in healing and deliverance ministry right now and just had a couple of years of that as well. And I've never seen anything more effective than when people use the name of Jesus to renounce these things out loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just from a spiritual battle standpoint, when you get these intrusive thoughts, say, looking at a statue or whatever, that is the enemy who doesn't want you to look at that statue because no it's question. very healing for you. So what That's, you would do yeah. is say, in the name of Jesus, I repent of participating with the spirit of profanity or of lust mm-hmm. or of whatever, and in the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirits behind that thought and I cast them to the foot of the cross. And if you do these things, you'll find that you have these intrusive thoughts less and less because you're pulling the weed. You're taking away the permission you gave to the enemy when you when you cooperated with those spirits. Yeah, that, that so is Jesus so intriguing. Says, Jesus says when you sin, you become a slave to sin. So when we cooperate with fear, we become a slave to fear. So you must take away the permissions you gave that thing when you invited it in and contemplated it and let it put its feet up on your coffee table. <laughs> so you just say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of fear, and I send it to the foot of the cross never to return. You have that power out loud in the name of Jesus. That is the key that psychology is missing. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's an interesting take, Mary. I really appreciate that because you've kind of seen both sides, the clinical and the spiritual as well. And I do agree with you that that the the enemy is often behind this. He he wants to to trip us up. He, he of course doesn't want us to contemplate statues of Our Lady and and her life and her her faithfulness to God. Um, and this idea, what Joe said earlier too, that breaking the feedback loop, it's really important. Maybe one way you can do that is to say, in the name of Jesus, get out of here, Satan. And, and that's and by the way, the enemy tried to trip up Jesus as well. If, he, if he's going to try it with Jesus, you better believe he's going to try it with you. Uh, I always like that scene at the beginning of, of the Passion film by Mel Gibson where Satan's trying to dialogue with Jesus. And, hey, come on, God's not really your father. He's saying all this stuff. And then it, it's this great scene. I, I'm sure most of you have seen this film by now, so uh, no spoilers here, I don't think. But it's kind of intriguing that like an actual serpent slithers out from Satan's robe. And then, of course, Jesus, played by Jim Caviezel, just crushes it with his heel. It's a great scene. It's fantastic. It's like get out of here. And and I think I think we 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 do have to um, to the name of Jesus is powerful. There's no question about it. And and that's that's one way to maybe just kind of break that thought, get back on track, and keep doing that thing that that the enemy doesn't want you to do, whether it's prayer, whether it's contemplation. And that's the only way. Otherwise, it's gonna it's gonna snowball, and, and you're gonna get into that that negative feedback. It's gonna perpetuate. So, Mary, thank you very much for that call from Indiana. Really interesting. Let's get back into the list. We'll have some more of your calls later. So, call back in. If you're on the line, please stay there. You can call in triple eight nine one four nine one four nine toll free eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. All right. The Ten Commandments for the Scrupulous. Number six, Commandment six. You shall not consider yourself guilty of bad thoughts, desires, or feelings unless 
you can honestly swear before the all-truthful God that you remember clearly and certainly consenting to them. And I say that again, you shall not consider yourself guilty of bad thoughts, desires, or feelings unless you can honestly swear before the all-truthful God that you remember clearly and certainly consenting to them. So Father Donald Miller says it's a very important commandment because the whole area, the whole uh, you know realm of impure thoughts and desires makes scrupulous people have a lot of anxiety. And they, they often think that even just the appearance of thoughts or desires, uh, you know, along their thought stream means that they've actually committed to sin. But he says, this is most certainly not the case. It's humanly impossible for us to have absolute control over our interior faculties. Thoughts and images might, might pop up in your brain, whether you want them to or not. It's okay. It, it, that part you can't control. What you can control is whether or not you dwell on them. You know, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's inter- yeah, I should really, you know, focus on that. Turn that one over in my mind. That was a good one. No, th- then you can potentially get into to lust and and all that sort of stuff. So, the key is to try to just dismiss it. But when they pop up, y- you you don't have any control over that. So that that's not something that you're you're intentionally making a choice about. So. So it's clear and certain consent, only freely consenting, saying, yes, I invite this in, I want this. That's a different ballgame. But you can't accidentally or involuntarily be guilty of a sin like that. So hopefully that's a helpful difference for you. It kind of plays into one of the earlier commandments that we talked about. All right, now this is interesting. This kind of gets in a spiritual direction now. Commandment number seven for the scrupulous you shall not disobey your confessor when he tells you never to make another general confession of past sins already confessed. <laughs> Sounds like this priest, Father Donald, Donald Miller, had to do this a lot. That's why he's probably saying this. He probably gets this a lot. He says it's not unusual for a scrupulous person to desire to make just one more, just one more general confession. I, I didn't get it right the last time. The desire to do so is, obviously, it's prompted by, uh, you know, they want inner peace. They want calm. But what happens as a result of doing this, they keep making these general confessions again and again and again. They don't get that peace. In fact, they get the exact opposite. They get more anxiety because the more they go back, let's make another examination of conscience. Let's go through my whole life from the very beginning. Oh, I probably missed something from when I was 17 there. I don't know if I've ever confessed that one before. When you're doing that again and again and again, reviewing, 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 it, it just leads to more anxiety for, for the scrupulous because there always has to be just one more general confession. There's always something you missed. The wisdom of this seventh commandment is found in two simple words. No more. No more. So if your confessor tells you don't do this anymore, take their advice. Uh, they're accountable to God for it. So the burden has been lifted from you. If your spiritual director is telling you this, you're assuming they're hearing from God on this. You can always say, hey, they told me not to think about this. And I think that's totally legit, okay? So release your anxiety, and that'll help to give you peace. Otherwise, you're going to just have more turmoil and anxiety as you keep dredging these things up again and again and again. So I think that's a, that's a good one right there. Commandment number eight, and you can weigh in on this as well, 888 Commandment number eight for the scrupulous, you shall believe and act accordingly so that whenever you are in doubt as to whether or not you are obliged, this is kind of tricky, 
it's easier to read this than, than listen to it. So, so hang with me. You shall believe and act accordingly so that whenever you are in doubt as to whether or not you are obliged to do something or not to do something, you can take it for certain that you are not obligated. Okay, that, that's a tricky one. Did you catch that? If you're sort of waffling, uh, am I obliged to do something or not to do something? Because there, there are obviously sins not just of commission that we actually do, but there are sins of omission, the good that we leave undone. What I've done and what I've failed to do, right? We say that in the Confidior. So if you're in doubt and you're not sure whether you're obliged to do something or not, then you can be sure, you can be certain that you are not obligated to do it. Okay, I hope that makes sense. So Father Miller says, quote, this commandment underlines the basic moral principle that doubtful laws or obligations do not bind the scrupulous conscience. The great saint and our patron, St. Alphonsus Liguori, teaches, when there exists in a scrupulous person the habitual will not to offend God, it is certain that he or she acts in doubt, and then there is no sin, end of quote. So that's what St. Liguori teaches. So this kind of goes back into conscience, and we were sort of talking about this a little bit on on the Faith Explained show, because we're going through St. Paul's letter to the Romans, and and Paul talks about the role of the conscience uh, in the human life, and and the Church teaches that we're under a grave obligation, we must always obey our conscience, even when it's wrong, and that always blew me away. When I was coming back into the Catholic Church and I was reading about this, I said, this just doesn't make sense. But the sacrosanct nature of your, of your conscience, it's just that holy place um, that sometimes our conscience is ill-informed and ill-equipped. And that's why it's important to form it and to inform it. It means with knowledge. That's what conscience means. But, but some people, they, they really don't know. Their conscience might be way off, not calibrated here. But so if you're if you're in doubt, if your conscience is saying it's okay or it's not okay, if if you follow your conscience, it's not a sin, because you honestly didn't know. Now, if you if you get educated in in the faith and the moral life, and then you oh that actually is sinful. That's a different story. But but now you know. But you didn't back then. So that's that's really reassuring. Um, the words of Saint Alphonsus Liguori. If there's a scrupulous person and they've got this will, my will is not to offend God. My will is to do God's will. That's sort of my general disposition. Am I perfect? No. But my, my general default uh, GPS setting is I don't want to offend God. And then I'm doubtful about this. I don't know. It's not sinful if you're not sure that it's, that it's sinful. Okay, I hope that, that makes sense. And apparently St. Alphonsus Liguori also suffered with scrupulosity. So many saints, it's, you're, you're in really good company here if this has happened to you. All right, so we got a couple more of these commandments here. All right, number nine, number nine. If before you perform or omit an act, you know, commission or omission, if beforehand you are doubtful whether or not it's sinful for you, you, will, you shall assume as certain that it is not sinful and shall proceed to act without any dread of sin whatsoever. And again, St. Alphonsus backs us up on this. And he, he was actually giving some advice to priests who were hearing people's confessions on this. And this is what he said. He said, scrupulous people tend to fear that everything they do is sinful. And so if you're their confessor, if you're their priest, you need to command them, you go ahead and act without restraint and overcome your anxiety. 
because your first obligation is to conquer your scrupulosity. How you do that is you act against your groundless fears. So do, and this is, this is pretty wild here. He says the confessor might even command the scrupulous penitent to conquer their anxiety by freely doing whatever it tells them not to do. The confessor may assure the penitent that he or she need never confess such a thing. All right. So that is strong medicine there. But but the bottom line is, if you, if you don't know whether or not it's sinful, assume it's not. And then just go ahead on your merry way and everything will be fine. If you get some later information that, yeah, this was sinful, then adjust your thinking accordingly in the, in the future. But don't let uh, scrupulosity uh, go wild. All right, the last one, the last one. This is the 10th commandment for the scrupulous. You shall put your total trust in Jesus Christ, knowing that he loves you as only God can love and that he will never allow you to lose your soul. That is a really, really important um, thing to remember, that Christ loves us and he, he, he wants you to be saved, okay? So if your will is to do his will, you need to stop stressing about this so much. Okay, Here, here's what Father Miller says. Um, he refers to, uh, maybe this is a book or something, he calls it S.A., Scrupulous Anonymous. <laughs> There's Alcoholics Anonymous. There's Scrupulosity Anonymous, apparently. The scrupulous person, he says, for one reason or another, has a negative image of God. I, I, think, I think this is the root of a lot of it, guys. I'm going to be quite frank with you. I think this is the root of a lot of it, a negative image of God. He says, a negative image of God does not inspire trust, but rather fear and dread. And in Jesus Christ, we're able to glimpse the true image of God, a God who loves and heals and saves. It is in that God, the God revealed to us by Jesus, that we can and should place all our trust. So how do we get the real God? Well, one of the ways we can do that is by reading the scriptures and getting in touch with the real Jesus. Of course, the Gospels are really super important in that regard. And uh, St. Jose Maria Escrivá said, we really have to have the Gospels playing as if like a movie in our mind all the time. The life of Christ, got to know it inside and out. So check that out. Uh, the Gospels are huge. And then also, uh, um, Father Miller says, another place you can go is Isaiah chapter 43, especially verses 1 through 4. And he says, in this passage, you're going to hear the word of the Lord speaking that, quote, you are precious in my eyes, end of quote. You're precious in my sight. So you might follow that up with maybe St. Paul's letter to the Romans. We talked about that last night on the show, and of course we're doing Romans on the Faith Explained show right now. But in chapter 8, such, a, such an encouraging chapter, verses 26 through 39, really, really important. God works for the good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. So we also see in this passage how the Holy Spirit can help us with these groans that word, words cannot express. The Holy Spirit is interceding for us. We've got a pretty good prayer warrior in God, the Holy Spirit. Um, those prayers are going to be answered, folks. And then he says, you know, the last thing you can do is maybe look at the first letter of the Apostle John. I think this is a, this is a good one. I'm going to actually look this up myself. Uh, for you. Oh, producer Jim is saying I don't have time. Can I? Can I? Okay, all right. Thank you, Jim. Jim's giving me some overtime here. We're going into sudden death overtime here. All right, so First John chapter 4, looking it up. In the first letter of John chapter 4, and if you want to look this up later on your own, this is from verses 7 
through 19 of the first letter of John. All right, all right, here we go. Here we go. This is bad radio as I'm looking it up. Um, ah, here we go. I got it. I got it. Don't, don't despair. I have it. <laughs> all right, First John chapter 4, verses 7 through 19. Gotta love it. He says, Beloved, I am writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment, which you had from the beginning. Which you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard, yet I am writing you a new commandment, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says, um, oh, you know what? I got the wrong chapter. I was reading ch- chapter two. Now we really got to take a break. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. I'll, I'll get that scripture for you. I got it. I got it. I'll find it for you. I'll get it after the break. There we go. I knew I was in the wrong place. It's live radio, folks. Stuff happens sometimes, but I'm not going to be scrupulous about it. And we are going to enjoy ourselves, have a good break, and we'll be back in just just a couple moments here on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. Talk to you in a sec. This is The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Hey, welcome back to the program, 888-914-9149. Well, I kind of goofed before the break, and I read the wrong scripture passage. That's okay. More scripture is never a bad thing. I was reading from 1 John chapter 2. That's not what I was supposed to read. It's from 1 John chapter 4. We're talking about scrupulosity. This is kind of the 10th commandment for the scrupulous, how to overcome this. All right, so here's the passage. It's from the first letter of John chapter 4 and it starts with verse 7 and you guys know this really well you've heard this a lot but this is where it actually comes from beloved let us love one another for love is of god and he who loves is born of god and knows god he who does not love does not know god for god is love deus caritas est right that was one of the title titles of uh one of benedict's encyclicals based on this obviously verse 9 In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the expiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No man has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his own spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we know and believe the love God has for us. That's a, that's a key verse for us to know is verse 16. So we know and believe the love God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And this is love perfected with us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. This is another big one. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and he who fears is not perfected in love. 
we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God should love his brother also. Okay, classic John. I mean, this is the Apostle John. So many themes are also in his gospel. For God so loved the world, this idea of abiding in, in God, the, the vine and the branches from John's gospel, uh, such a great analogy. And, and this idea that perfect love casts out all fear. Some people are, are afraid of God. They're thinking that he's just waiting and waiting for them to mess up. And then shh, now I'm going to zap you. And I have to confess, like growing up, that's kind, that was kind of my worldview of God at that point. It was, uh, I, I was maybe a little bit too much into the fear factor, <laughs> To use an old Joe Rogan show, if you remember that one, um, and, and and this can 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 kind of uh, skew our perception of of God and His love for us. God is for us, and uh, we should take a lot of peace in that if we're struggling with scrupulosity. You're listening to the Kale Clark Show, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Let's go to the phones right now. Let's go to Gary in Chandler, Arizona. Hello, Gary. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm trying to overcome scrupulosity. How are you doing? Oh boy, I've been there for like seventy years. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm seventy. I'm seventy-one years old, and I probably started becoming scrupulous when I was um, a teenager, mm-hmm. and I have fought it my entire life. And I am OCD, and that, that that's yeah. part of the problem with yeah. OCD is scrupulosity. Um, I found, and I still believe I'm going to hell all the time and all that kind of jazz, but. The thing that helps me is the chaplet of divine mercy, mm. but not only that, to recommend that people either, either go to the uh, Marians and they can get mercy minutes sent to them daily where they'll get a little a snippet every day of uh, St. Faustina and mm. her diary. Um, not only that, but I would recommend people actually get the diary and read it. It's important. Because, uh, Right. Divine, divine mercy um, really helps with scrupulosity, but it is a difficult fight. And I can definitely say that I have struggled with it for years and years and years. Well, Gary, uh, thank you for sharing your story. And, and uh, it's, it's, you know, when you say you've been, you know, you're in your seventies and you're still struggling with it. And I'm like, ah, you know, does it ever go away? But, but, but here, here's part of the deal. And I appreciate you you sharing that you know you're you're constantly turning to the mercy of God and encouraging people to pray the Chapel of Divine Mercy is really really important. That's why we do it every single day, right here on Relevant Radio during the Drew Mariani Show at 3 p.m. Central, the Hour of Mercy. It's really an hour of power, and you can pray it with us on Relevant Radio. And you can also find uh, clips on the Relevant Radio app as well. It's really important. Uh, it's so peaceful to hear. Uh, Drew and Maggie praying those prayers, taking your prayer requests. It's very, very important, along with the rosary, which is the other main uh, pillar of prayer every day here on Relevant Radio. And of course, Father Rocky is going to be along soon with the Family Rosary Across America at 7 p.m. Central, right after Timory's show, right after this one. So, and speaking of Father Rocky, I do have to say this as well, because you can you can join us this also helps with scrupulosity, spending a lot of time for Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And you can join us at the National Eucharistic Congress next July. It's in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's going to be a historic gathering with Eucharistic encounters. You can prepare for this by 
taking part in these Eucharistic encounters with Father Rocky. These are really short stories about the power of the real presence. Uh, Father Rocky's just got tons of great stories about people's lives being changed through the Eucharist. And you know this if you've been getting the videos. And if you haven't signed up yet, what are you waiting for? Go to relevantradio.com slash encounter. And hopefully you can join us at the National Eucharistic Congress next July. It's really, really important. This, this whole idea of Jesus, I trust in you, when we trust in his mercy and his love for us, it's going to make it a lot easier for us to overcome scrupulosity. And the other thing, Gary, that, 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 that Gary was saying when he called in from, from Chandler, Arizona, was it, it kind of reminded me uh, of this. Um, it, whatever we're struggling with, um, we, we would love to be in a situation where we, we have complete victory over all of our, our challenges and sins and struggles. But if we did... If we did, here's what would happen to us. And the great spiritual writer, Father Jacques Philippe, says this. We would fall victim to the worst sin of all, which is pride, spiritual pride. Think, I've got it covered, man. This this Catholic thing, I've got it licked. It's easy. I have no major struggles in life. But when we have these issues, it, it throws us back again and again and again at the foot of the cross. We're looking for that divine mercy because we need it. We know we can't do it on our own. We, we can't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Um, Jansenism isn't going to work. Uh, we, we, we need God's grace to experience his grace, if that makes any sense, it, to, to, to be able to, to reach the cross and, and receive what God wants us to, to, to have, that, that sure knowledge of his love and his care for us. Uh, this is what we have to abide in, as John said in that scripture passage from John 4 that I read. It's so, so key that we do that, to know that he loves us. He's for us, and we we have to, to understand that this, this fear is not from God. It's it's from somewhere else. And um, it's good to know. Whenever, whenever you have those thoughts, God doesn't love me. Uh, God's looking to smote me. No. He, he is not looking to do that. He's looking to forgive you, embrace you, welcome you home. And we hope that you found your home here on Relevant Radio. This is the K.O. Clark Show. Jim Shaper produced. Patrick Alog took your phone calls. Keep it locked in here. Don't forget to join me tomorrow on The Faith Explained, 1230 Central, right here on Relevant Radio. Coming up, it's Timory, followed by Father. Father Rocky, that is, of course, and the Family Rosary Across America. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.